So tonight we want to look into the book of Mark. So what we want to do over the next several weeks is we're just going to walk through the book of Mark, okay? Uh, the Bible, you know, as we, as we have it, it's divided, the books are divided into chapters and verses and things of that nature, but you know, the original manuscripts didn't have that. It was just one continuous read, and so we're not necessarily going to cover chapter 1 tonight, chapter 2 tomorrow night. We're not going to do that. We're just going to flow through it, all right? So tonight, we'll get probably about halfway, a little under halfway, actually, through the first chapter, and we'll see how it goes. But the book of Mark is the second book of our New Testament. Uh, the New Testament starts off with what we call the four books of the gospel, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And as we know, those are referred, referred to as uh, the good news, meaning the gospel. And with these books, we have what's called the harmony of the gospel, where it's essentially the same uh, accounts recorded in each of the books, but of course by different writers, therefore there's a few different, uh, I want to say perspectives, not in a contradictory, contradicting perspective necessarily, it's just how the Holy Spirit inspired them to write about this particular event, okay? In the book of Matthew, in each of the four books of the gospel, the Lord Jesus Christ is presented to us in a different way. In the book of Matthew, he's presented to us as the Savior of the world. Okay? And we see in verse 1 of chapter of uh, Mark here that the beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God, the beginning starts with the prophecies, the prophets in the Old Testament. Okay, and all of those prophecies, they prophesied that a Savior would come from the lines of David. So when we go to the first chapter of the book of Matthew, we see uh, a list of the generations starting with David and going all the way to the Lord Jesus Christ. In the book of Luke, the Lord Jesus is presented as the Son of Man. And then, then again, in that book, we start off with a list of the generations. In the book of John, he's presented as the Son of God. We have no genealogy of God because everything starts with God, and we don't have any generations mentioned in the book of John, chapter number 1. As a matter of fact, the Bible starts off that book by saying, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Okay, And in the book of Mark, the book we want to study, Jesus Christ is presented as the servant. Okay, Now, a servant in these days was not considered, they were not uh, esteemed very highly. They were low. So we don't have the genealogy. Nobody really cares about where a servant came from. Okay? But what we want to do is see throughout this book how Jesus Christ presents himself as the supreme and perfect example that a servant is to be. And even though he was a servant, presented as a servant in this book, we still find that he is Lord of all. 
All right, so we want to start in chapter number one, and we will begin reading in verse one, but before we do that, well, first off, let's have a word of prayer, and then we'll look at some more of the theme to this book. Well, Father, Lord, we thank you for the day that you've given us. Thank you, Lord, for your goodness and your mercy to us. We ask, Father, for your blessings upon tonight's class and the classes upstairs, Lord. I pray that you'd be with those teachers as well. Father, I pray that your word would have your will and way tonight in all the classes and in tonight's service, Father. We pray that you would receive all the honor and glory for it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. The first thing we want to note about the Lord Jesus being a servant was that he knew his place. Okay? Let's, let's jump into chapter number 10 real quick. Chapter number 10, Mark chapter 10. And uh, let's start reading in verse 39. This is where Jesus was talking with James and John. They wanted to uh, sit on his right hand and the other on his left hand. And conversation continues. And then verse 39, it says, And they said unto him, We can, referring to the question Jesus asked in verse 38 about, can ye drink of the cup that I am to drink? And Jesus said unto them, Ye shall indeed drink of the cup that I drink of, and, and with the baptism that I am baptized, with all shall ye be baptized. But to sit on my right hand and on my left hand is not mine to give, but it shall be given to them for whom it is prepared. Now that's a message for itself, this passage, and we'll probably look at this uh, very specifically in... Uh, a few weeks. But the concept that I want to pull from this is that Jesus knew that's not my power, that's not in my jurisdiction. He knew his place, he knew his limitations as he was the Son and God the Father had the authority over him. Okay? So he knew his place and he also knew his purpose. Okay? The same chapter, chapter 10, let's look at verse 45 real quick. The Bible says, For even the Son of Man came not to be ministered unto, but to minister and to give his life a ransom for many. Our Lord came for two particular reasons. One was to minister to us, and the second reason was to go to the cross. Through these things, that through his purpose and his place, we're seeing his attitude. We're seeing, the, we're seeing the humility that he is exercising as a servant. And how important is it for a servant to be humble? Very. Very, okay. I've been talking all day at work. I'm ready to hear someone talk here. <laughs> um, very, yes, exactly. So if the master goes to the servant and says, I need you to do this, the servant says, well, hold on a second. How about instead of doing this, we do this? Or instead of doing it that way, let's try doing it this way. No. No. A servant is to be humbled. He's supposed to be obedient to his master. And so here's the Lord Jesus Christ making this example to us. And we're going to find it later on in the book. We're going to see that thing throughout the book. Remember when he prayed in the garden, Lord, 
about this cup being taken from me, but nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done. He knew his purpose, and he was humbled. Another thing we're going to note in the book of Mark here is that it's a book of action. And doesn't that fit right along with a servant, Brother Jeff? A servant is to be to the point. He's supposed to be hasty. A couple of examples of this is that the word straightway is used 19 times in this book. If you count the times it's used in Matthew, Luke, and John, all put together, it's only mentioned 13 times. But yet it's mentioned 19 times in this book. The word immediately is used 17 times in the book of Mark. If you combine Matthew, Luke, and John all together, it's 23, 13 times in the book of Luke, okay? And very few times in Matthew and John, okay? So straightway, immediately, the Lord was on the job. He was doing what he was sent to do. And by the way, the book of Mark is the shortest book of the four books of the gospel. So there is a message, uh, a point to be made with this, okay? I've been reading a book recently. I've, I've had the book for a long time, but I just finally got to it last week, and I'm glad I did. You know, it's amazing how the Lord will just line things up, and you have no idea how this is going to work. But the book is called uh, Spiritual Leadership by J. Oswald's, uh, J. Oswald Chambers. Okay, And he made a good, very good point, well, several good points in his book, and that is, um, he pointed out, I'm just going to quote it, it's not too long. He said, given the importance of leaders in the church and in business and government, we might expect that the Bible would use the term more often. However, in fact, the King James Bible uses the term only six times. Three times is it singular, leader. The other three times it's plural, leaders. Okay, much more frequently the role is called servant. For example, we don't, you know, we don't read about Moses, my leader, the leader. We read Moses, my servant. Okay? In the world's ears, the term servant spoke of low prestige, low respect, and low honor. Most people were not attracted to such a low-value role. And that's why a lot of people who fail to be leaders, they don't want to serve. But in order to lead people, we have to serve them. Okay, so now what we want to do is we want to go to chapter 1 of the book of Mark. And now we'll start going through the passages. I just wanted to set up a little bit of details about the theme and the message that we want to see throughout uh, this book. In chapter number 1 and verse number 1, we're going to start off by seeing the preparation for the servant. Not the preparation of the servant, okay? Jesus Christ came fully prepared. But we want to see the preparation for the servant. Let's begin reading in verse 1, and we'll read down through the end of verse 8. The beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God, as it is written in the prophets. And again, there, we see that all the gospel of our Savior, it started with 
the prophets and their prophecies. Behold, I send my messenger before thy face, which shall prepare thy way before thee. Who's he speaking of? John the Baptist. John the Baptist. The voice of one crying in the wilderness, Prepare ye the way of the Lord, make his path straight. John did baptize in the wilderness and preached the baptism of repentance for the remission of sins. And there went out unto him all the land of Judea and they of Jerusalem, and were all baptized of him in the river of Jordan, confessing their sins. And John was clothed with camel's hair and with a girdle of skin about his loins, and he did eat locusts and wild honey, and preached, saying, There cometh one mightier than I, and there cometh one mightier than I after me, the latchet of whose shoes I am not worthy to stoop down and unloose. I indeed have baptized you with water, but he shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost. Okay, so here's, here's a, a brief summary of the purpose for which John the Baptist came. Okay, in verses 2 and 3, these are direct quotations from the Old Testament. Verse number 2, I send my messenger before thy face, which shall prepare thy way before thee. That was, in, for, that was mentioned in the book of Malachi. Malachi chapter 3, verse number 3, the voice of one, of one crying in the wilderness, that is from the book of Isaiah chapter 40, okay? So here's John the Baptist, and really, I, I like to think of it as though John is reawakening the people, because what happened in between the book of Malachi and, uh, and the book of Matthew? or the four books of the gospel, there was a 400-year silence from which the Lord did not speak with his people. Okay? So John has, sent, has come, and uh, the Lord used him, the Lord purposed him to come and prepare the way by, by proclaiming to the people that they must repent and confess of their sins and be baptized. Okay, so a couple of things we want to note about John the Baptist in terms of his, his uh, service to the Lord, to God. And that is, number one, his humility. We also see his humility. Verse number seven, he said, There cometh one mightier than I after me, the latchet of whose shoes I am not worthy to stoop down and unloose. Here's where we got to think about the culture a little bit, Brother Jeff. What exactly was the culture? Well, they didn't have asphalt and concrete roads. They did have the brick, you know, some bricked roads and things like that, but the streets were dirty. They were dirty. They're, your feet were, were uh, you know, you didn't have closed shoes like what we have today. Their, their feet were exposed, so, you know, you get dirt down in between your toes and all of that. To take a shoe off, a servant, there would be a servant in the house, and so when they came in, uh, I don't know, maybe they sat on a stool or something, but the servant would come and he would get down on the ground and take your shoes off and perhaps wipe your feet before you enter into the house. So here's a servant that's supposed to be uh, doing this, and John says, I'm not even worthy to do that. That's a dirty job. I don't know about y'all, but I don't like people touching my feet. It tickles. <laughs> and so John is being very 
humbled in his service to the Lord. He recognizes the authority of who is on his way, okay? We also see not only his humility, but also his message. And again, that's just that voice crying in the wilderness to repent of their sins. He is preparing the way. This is the preparation for the servant, our Lord Jesus Christ. The second thing we begin noticing, starting at verse 9, is the presentation of the servant. This is where Jesus Christ comes onto the scene and receives his baptism. Okay? So let's read verses 9 through 11. And it came to pass in those days that Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee and was baptized of John in Jordan. And straightway, there's that word straightway, Coming up out of the water, he saw the heavens opened, and the Spirit like a dove descending upon him. And there came a voice from heaven, saying, Thou art my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. First thing we want to note about this baptism is that it was a grand audience. Remember, there were multitudes that had followed John the Baptist. The multitudes were there. Jesus has arrived. John the Baptist is there, but also there is a fourth that I want to make note of. And that is, we see a picture here of the Trinity. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. Okay, in verse 9, God the Son comes, and he was baptized. In verse number 10, the Spirit like a dove descended upon him. This was a picture of his anointing. Okay? In the Old Testament, the way the high priest was anointed, if you if you go to uh, uh, Leviticus chapter 8, the high priest was anointed with an oil upon his head. Okay, In the New Testament, it's pictured the, the Holy Spirit is the one who does the anointing. So here's the Son. He's anointed by the Holy Spirit, but then God the Father speaks. So the Trinity is represented at his baptism. And then the big question comes out, why was the Lord Jesus baptized? I didn't plan on doing this, but I think I'm going to go ahead and do it. Why? Why, why was he baptized, Brother Mark? To fulfill all righteousness, okay, yes. To fulfill also uh, the prophecies and to, uh, uh, to fulfill John's message and ministry. One of the purposes of John the Baptist coming forth was to baptize the Lord Jesus Christ. Okay, he also was baptized so that he might identify with sinners. Because after all, he was going to the cross. So in order for him to go to the cross, and you'll see this in uh, Isaiah chapter 53, that he was numbered with the transgressors. So it was necessary for him to be identified with these sinners even though there was no sin in him. It was necessary in order for him to go to the cross. There is also an overarching picture here that Christ was in a way also giving us a picture of the, of the priest in the Old Testament. If you go to Leviticus chapter number 8, uh, 
it begins by saying that Aaron and his sons, and remember Aaron was that high priest there, Aaron and his sons were washed with water, okay? And then Aaron is then anointed with the oil upon his head, and then later on he had the blood put on the tips of his ears and on his toes, and uh, maybe his fingertips too, his thumbs. And uh, so the Lord Jesus Christ, he gets baptized in this passage, okay? The Holy Spirit descends upon him and anoints him, okay? And then the blood, the blood, of course, will be on the cross, okay? That sin, our sin, being bared upon him, okay? And in overall, his baptism was obedience to his Father, really for all of these purposes, okay? So the, Holy, uh, so the Lord Jesus exercised his service as being a servant by, being, by knowing his place, by knowing what his purpose was, and then by also being obedient unto the Lord. You know, in order for us to be faithful and, can I go ahead and say, successful servants of our God, Number one, we have to be obedient to Him. If we're not obedient to Him, then we're not a servant. We're a rebellious person. Number two, we have to know what our purpose is. This is, this is, uh, this is being in prayer. This is meditating. Lord, what do you have for me to do today, this week, this month, this year? What kind of service can I do for you, we have to seek the Lord and not make up our own purpose, but seek His will and what His purpose is for us. I believe this last Sunday morning, Brother Keith Stensis did a fantastic job at, at uh, expounding the truth to us and telling us what some of, a, some of our purposes are. And I thought that was a fantastic point where the churches are getting more and more fancy but there's less and less soul winning. We know what our purpose is as a church, but then individually, as, as a father, as a, as a mother, wife, husband, uh, son, daughter, you know, whatever the case is, there's also those individual responsibilities that the Lord is looking, is looking for us to perform. We have to know our place. Once we know, once we become obedient to the Lord, we seek His will and we receive a purpose from Him, we have to remain in our place. If we get out of place, we're not going to be able to accomplish the purpose that He sent us for. And this is that, uh, that attitude of humility. Not my way, Lord, but Thine be done. Forsaking my idols, you know. A lot of people, we, we spend so much time today on things that, you know, maybe they're, uh, oh, whatever they might be, but uh, a fully devoted heart and mind and will to God is how we're really going to be able to do the job that He wants us to do. The Bible says in the book of Hebrews that when the Lord ascended into heaven, what did He do? He sat down. His work was done. His work was accomplished. I wonder if I go home tonight 
And if I sit down on the recliner or if I lay on the bed, that's probably what I'll do. If I lay on the bed, if I just ask the question, did I complete my job for today? Is there anything left that I need to do? Do I have a work, a responsibility that's unfinished? Jesus Christ, he came for, re for, you know, he knew why he came. He had his purpose and he completed it. But I think we ought to reevaluate our own lives sometimes here, probably even daily, and just seeing how am I doing, you know? If, I, if you receive a project at work, especially like last year when I worked my engineering internships, I had this massive project that took up three months, all, all three months of my internship. And every week, I would take two or three times, through two or three days in the week, and schedule maybe 30 minutes with my mentor, and she would just kind of see how it was going. Where do I need to go with this part and that part, and just keeping me on track. If the Lord has a purpose for us to do something for Him, well, when's the last time we did a self-check, a self-evaluation, just to see, how am I doing with that? How can I, how can, how, what do I need to do different if I'm not getting it done? It's the very same concept. So that's about all I have for you tonight. And uh, as we roll through the book of Mark, today we looked at the preparation and the presentation. Next Wednesday we're going to look at the perfection of the servant. And we're going to be jumping around to some different books throughout this study Next week, we'll jump over to the book of Matthew as we look at how, as we look at the interaction between the Lord Jesus Christ and the devil. So if you want a little homework, you can read Matthew chapter number four. All right? Let's pray, and then uh, I'll turn it back over to Brother Ed. Father, Lord, thank you again so much for the day, and thank you, Lord, for your word. Pray, Lord, that you would just help us, Father, to, uh, to understand your will and your purpose, Father, for our Christian lives, Father. And I pray, Lord, that we would all be sensitive to your spirit, sensitive to your will, Father, that we might do that which you have called us to do. Father, I pray, Lord, that you be with us as we go into this next week, that we would just keep in mind, Lord, the reason why you have us here, not only as a person, not only as a family, but also as a church family, Lord. And we pray, Father, that you would just be honored and glorified through all of our, our words and our conversations, Father. And we'll thank you for it. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Brother Ed.